Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, truth seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. And I'm your host, Michael Fordham. Look, if you've just clicked the link on my webpage or you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. Here's the number, 347-326-9470. Or if you like, you can tweet me your questions and comments at A Measure of Truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why not look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio, and you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow, like, and repost us on Facebook and Twitter. Look, we have a great show for you today. We'll be right back after this. H. E. Freeman Enterprises has over 10 years of personal finance counseling experience and has helped thousands of customers increase their credit scores to purchase homes, investment property, start a business, and more. They have helped develop good money management skills that include budgeting, managing debt, maintaining good credit, and retirement strategies. Their services eliminate the need for filing for bankruptcy, using debt management programs, or going to a credit counseling agency, and have helped thousands to save money in fees, interest, and penalties. Eric Twiggs is the author of The Discipline of Now. His specialty is helping you to unleash your innate potential to succeed. Eric says every person has the capability to excel when they are inspired, when they manage their time effectively, and when they fully explore their gifts and talents. His company helps make it possible for you to be the best person you can be by building upon each of these areas. There is a whole new world out there calling for you to take your place in life. But how will you respond to the call? Let me give you the live call-in number once again. We would love to talk with you. The number is 347-326-9470. That's 347-326-9470. We'll take a few minutes to really get into the content of the show before we take calls. But feel free to give us a call after 7.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll first get started with Harim Freeman, author of How to Get Out of Debt. Harim Freeman, welcome back to A Measure of Truth. Hi, Michael. Thanks so much for having me back on your show. 
Hi, Harina. Good to hear from you again. You know, I always tell people your story because, you know, people often wonder what their purpose in life is, and yours is sort of handed to you, and you found a career out of a situation that you were so determined to rectify. It, it turned into a business, a book, and, and still a great story. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Yeah, so when I went to college, I uh... – Got a credit card, and, you know, I was so excited, and so I um, continued to get more credit card offers in the mail. I signed up for all of those, and by the time I graduated, I had I had 13 credit cards, and I uh, ended up being $19,000 in debt. Wow. And so everything was fine. I was making the minimum payments, but I lost my job, and so that's when all of my financial issues started. I wasn't able to make the monthly payments. The creditors were calling my job, calling my house day and night. And so finally I was able to regain employment in addition to getting a part-time job. And so I was able to call each one of my creditors, set up payment plans, and uh, get myself back on track. Now, at the time, I was only making 21000 and so my debt was almost equal to my salary. So that wow. was definitely uh, a mm. bit of a struggle. And so I was able to create a budget, a very strict, I didn't go out to eat, <coughs> excuse me, I didn't buy any new clothes, I didn't go to a hairdresser, I didn't go out with my friends, I just buckled down and focused on paying off my debt. And it took a period of four years, but I was able to pay mm. off all of my debt. <coughs> wow. And and that happened in just four years. And, and, you know, it's amazing to me in this story that this is the kind of thing that could, you know, make people just fall into depression, give up. Um, but you had the resolve that you were going to somehow work this through and work it out. So what gave you hope that you would be able to figure this out and make it happen for you? Well, I set financial goals for myself. I knew I wanted to become a homeowner. And so I knew that um, I would not be able to achieve, <laughs> excuse me, I would not be able to achieve that without uh, changing my spending habits. And so it was basically mm-hmm. just a mindset change. Um, that, right. that was the only way that I was able to overcome that. Right, Because right. I knew I set this, you know, big goal for myself, and I knew that living the way I was living, I wasn't going to be able to achieve it. So I just had to completely change the way I spent money, the way I thought about money, and I had to change my spending habits. And so once I did that, I was able to meet my goal. Now, it was definitely hard. Don't get me wrong. It was definitely hard. I made some huge sacrifices. It was one of the hardest things I ever had to do. I never wanted to go through that again. But with all of the hard work and sacrifice and dedication and patience and crying and tears and struggles, Mm-hmm. Um, and perseverance, I was able to get through. Now, after you did this, what what gave you um, the idea that maybe you could help other people go through the same thing or fix their um, financial situation? And um, what what like actually led to you writing a book about it? And, well, what led me to do that is because I shared my story. So many times when people get into mm-hmm. financial trouble. They don't want to ask for help or they don't want to share their story. But if you share your story, it frees you emotionally, but it also helps someone else. And so I started sharing my story with just my close friends, um, relatives, and then as I began to share my story more, more people um, confessed that they had had the same problems or experienced the same problems that I did, and they were seeking guidance and seeking help. And so I helped them with their uh, financial issues. And so after some years, one of my friends, you know, suggested that I was so good at doing this that I should start a business. And I said, no, you know, I'll just help my friends. I wasn't really interested in starting a business. And so, you know, I I put the idea on for a long time. And so finally one day I said, well, you know, let me, let me just try. Let me, it doesn't hurt to try. So I got some financial training, you know, did research on how to start a business, and so I started doing it, and it was just, you know, a few referrals here and there. I, did, I just wanted to start off slowly. I didn't want to get into too deep. But, you know, over time, I was able to actually start a business, and 
the reason I wrote the book is because when I was going through my own situation, I didn't find many resources to help me. And so I wanted to write the book so I could help Mm -hmm. others um, and reach a wider audience so people could uh, fix their financial issues on their own without actually having to pay someone to do it for them. Wow. You know, I've heard a lot of success stories that sort of start the same way where people sort of wrote the book that they wish they could have found to help them out of the situation that they were in. And when they found the solution, they decided to go ahead and write that book. That's amazing. And, um, you know, your, your story now, you you can probably tell why I wanted you on with Eric Twiggs, because, um, you know, it took a lot of discipline to do what you did. And for you to do this without any help or without guidance and a structure to be able to do this and succeed um, your first time in a situation where you could have easily, you know, gone bankrupt is an amazing story in itself. Yes, it is. (laughs) It definitely is. Yeah. And um, Eric, I want to bring you in now. Um, Eric Twiggs, The Discipline of Now, Um, reading your book, (laughs) it's almost like um, untying the knot of your problems of life and um, just specifically pointing out some things that you can change in your life that can help make everything better. Just tell us a little bit about where you came up with this concept and where you learn these um, great lessons of wisdom in life. Well, thanks, Michael. Again, I really appreciate the opportunity to be on your show. And procrastination was an ongoing problem for me. And I was looking for tools to overcome you know, the, the procrastination issues I had dealt with in my life, and I just couldn't find anything that was practical to my situation. Most of the things, the books that I read and things I studied, they were all these one-size-fits-all answers, like, okay, you have to be an early bird, okay, don't check your email before 12 noon, those types of things. I was looking for some practical steps. And, and really the thing that inspired me is – I, I as I coach people in all the coaching sessions I've had, the one thing that separates the good from the great is that the great performer is, has this ability to do the thing they need to do, whether or not they feel like it. Yeah. And that really inspired me to write a book and put a tool in people's hands that can help them. Yeah. And, and that's almost a definition of discipline. It's a, definition of discipline, maybe not the definition, but it is one that helps people to become successful where others may have the same resources, but just don't. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And and, it's a, and but the thing is, though, is we think that someone that's disciplined, oh, that they were just born that way. But it, I think it's something that you can acquire. You can put this, just like with Harry in her story, she made the commitment to put the steps in place. And, and I think that all the listeners should be encouraged that if Harry and I can do it, anybody that's listening can put the, the steps in place to move forward towards their vision. Absolutely. And um, tell us a little bit about the steps that led up to you actually writing your book as well. And um, let's talk about some of the things that you were able to accomplish once you've changed some of these things in your life and put these um, disciplines and principles in place. Well, the um, foundational experience that kind of started this whole thing was back when I was at Hampton University, and my friend and I were having this conversation. <laughs> and I tell people, you know, he he and I were a little different. You know, he was focused on his purpose, and I was focused on partying at the time. And we were having <laughs> this conversation, and I'm like, hey, man, we got to get ready to go to this frat party. It's going to be great. And he's like, Eric, you really need to get serious. And I said, man, Donnell, we need, we have plenty of time. We're young. We've got our lives ahead of us. And he's like, okay, Eric, you need to get serious. I didn't, hadn't talked to him for a while, several weeks after that, until I got a call from his mother letting me know that he was tragically killed in a car accident. And, and that really changed how I looked at time. It really made wow. me realize that I don't have as much time. Time isn't on my side like I think it is. Mm-hmm. And I was always con- started becoming conscious of time as I started working through my career, uh, and I really wanted to start focusing on things. I, and then I got to a point in my career where I had 
what the world would say was success, but I didn't feel like I was being significant. I didn't feel like I was operating in my passion. And I, and I would think about Donnell and realizing, hey, time is precious, so I need to start taking steps to move towards my passion. And, and those are the, the experiences that really got me to this point of where we are today with the book and me talking to people about overcoming procrastination. Wow. Wow. And it's, it's, a, it's a shame such a tragedy has to, you know, be the impetus of something uh, this big. But, um, you know, a lot of times when things happen in our lives, there's always a lesson. And sometimes if we can get through the pain of that lesson, we can learn something that can really, really help us down the road. And, yeah. um, Harina, I wanted to um, – now, since I heard Eric say your name, I think I might be pronouncing it wrong. Is it Harian? It's Harian, yes. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, so when you were in school at Hampton, what were you studying? Uh, computer systems. Oh, I see. So not only um, did this change your life, it, it sort of changed your um, – your path in your career as well, this situation that you went through. And in uh, the lesson that you learned, you sort of found something within yourself that you didn't know was there. Yes, that is absolutely true. You know, you never really know what you can accomplish or what you're made of until you, until you have a crisis um, that presents itself. And so through that crisis, you know, I found uh, – skills and capabilities that I, I didn't know I possessed, um, which helped me to persevere through that difficult time in my life. Wow, that's great. And um, let me ask you a question. You know, credit's very important. A lot of people take it for um, granted, especially when, you know, just like you said, you're in college and you, you get all these credit cards and things like that. Let's help um, listeners to really understand some of the things that they can do to prepare themselves as well as uh, increase their credit score. What are some of the things that they can do? Well, the most obvious one that everyone already knows is to to pay your bills on time. Um, the, The next thing you need to do is get a copy of your credit report. Read all of the information on there. Make sure all of the information is accurate. If there are any accounts on there that you're not sure of or that do not belong to you, dispute those accounts. Um, About 75% of Americans have at least one error on their credit report, which helps to boost your credit score. The next thing you want to do is uh, check to see if you have any pass-through accounts, collections, uh, tax liens, judgments, uh, foreclosures, uh, repossessions, anything like that. And you want to set up a payment plan and get those things paid off as quickly as possible. Um, and then that, that will help to boost your credit score. And then you want to make sure that you keep your credit card debt at 20% or less of the credit limit. So, for example, if your credit card limit is $1,000, you always want to keep the balance at $200. Um, anything above that, your credit score starts to take a dip and it starts to uh, go down. So you always mm. want to make sure you maintain um, a low credit card balance. And so you're saying, based on what you said, only 20% of whatever your um, limit you your should be. Your credit limit, yes. Yeah, you should be actually using. Hmm. Yes, and, and ideally the, ideally you should really keep it down to 10%, but uh, 20%, mm-hmm. past 20%, that's when it starts to affect your credit score. Now, I'm going to ask this question of you and also of Eric. So, Eric, get ready for this one. How How is it that people can stop living from paycheck to paycheck? That That is a great question. It's mindset. It really is mindset. Many people have been conditioned to believe that if I just have more money, everything will be okay, and that is absolutely not true. If you have more money, um, like Notorious B.I.G. said, you just have more problems. You end up spending more. So the real key is to effectively manage the money that you have. Um, The more money that you have, let me put it this way, Um, it's easier to pay your bills when you have money. It's more difficult to pay your bills when you have less money. But it can be done. Um, But people 
don't want to make the sacrifices and they're, they want to live a certain lifestyle, they want to have certain things, they want to, you know, go to the hairdresser every two weeks or they want to buy certain clothes or they want to get their Starbucks or, you know, go out to eat or go to concerts all the time, whatever, the, whatever their vice is, they want to do that. But in doing that, that reduces the amount of disposable income that you have every month. And so you really have to think about what you want your life to be like, what you want your financial goals to be. Do you want to work until you're 65? Do you want to retire and then have to go back to work because you did not save enough for retirement? Do you want to be able to have your mortgage paid off before you retire? These are some of the things people need to think about um, every time they uh, uh, say that they don't have enough money. And then also um, you really have to just think about every time you spend money exactly how many hours does it take you to work to make that particular purchase. So, for example, oh, if you purchase yeah. a car, how how many hours does it take you? To, is it going to take you to pay off that car? Is it going to take you 100 hours, 364 wow. hours? Is it going to take 10,000 10, hours, 50,000 hours? And so mm. once you think of spending in terms of that, that really mm. uh, turns the light bulb on to put things in perspective. Wow. And, and you're talking about perspective because that's the opposite of what credit does. It gives us um, a demented view of um, what we can afford based on this easy payment plan and paying a small amount, but also paying money on the money that you're buying. So, you're not just buying yeah. a product. You're also purchasing debt with the, in the process. And, um, and, and when you change it, give yourself an opportunity to see that as time because most people can understand time and most people are, un, you know, they're impatient. So <laughs> that's something that they can definitely relate to. Um, that definitely changes your focus. I, I can see how that can work for you. And um, Eric, you, you know, you help people with um, discipline and changing bad habits and understanding how to set a plan in motion to make a change. Do you ever run into folks who are just living from paycheck to paycheck and this is one of the things that they need to resolve? Yes, I do. And so I, I do quite a, uh, a lot of speaking engagements with real estate professionals. We do first-time homebuyer seminars. And I'll throw a question out, and I'll say, okay, raise your hand if you're using something to track your monthly expenditures. And mm-hmm. 90% of the time, there are very few, if any, hands that go up. So most people aren't even tracking how much money they're bringing in, what their expenses are, and giving themselves a bottom line. And there's all kinds of free resources that you can use to do. And if you're if you're tracking that consistently and seeing where your money's going, mm-hmm. it really makes you mm-hmm. think about how you make these decisions. Right. And and so making that switch with some of the people I've worked with has helped get out of that paycheck to paycheck routine. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and the um the real crucial part about that is if you're living from paycheck to paycheck, you're you're only a few weeks away from bankruptcy. Right, and you're—I mean—you're one bad event, bad event away from like a true disaster. If something happens exactly. with your job, yeah. or there's some mm-hmm. type of health crisis, it's—it's it's, it's very stressful. Like there's an there's a free app. It's called Wave Apps. dot mm-hmm. com. It's free, and it allows you. And I share this with my audiences, especially when I'm in that first-time homebuyer's environment. You can actually use it. It's for free. You can track your expenses, give yourself a bottom line, and really help to move yourself forward. Oh, that's great. And um, we've got a couple callers on now, and I just want to let you guys know, um, note right now the last four numbers of your telephone. And um, what we'll do is we'll put you on, and we'll identify you first by that last four numbers. So put that in your mind. And the first call we have is 8259 as the last four numbers. Okay, caller, um, you're welcome to a, a measure of truth. You're on the line. Eight two five nine is the last four numbers of your telephone number. Okay, we'll go on to the next caller. Next caller, your number is six one one six is the last four numbers of your telephone. 
Hello. Welcome ah, to Hi, are you able to hear Truth. me? Yes, I'm able to hear you. Did you have a question oh, for Harrian or for Eric? Yes, I do have a question for Eric. Great. Is this a good time? Okay. So I'm just wondering about change and the procrastination piece. Once you've actually gotten started, let's say you've actually started moving in that direction of overcoming procrastination, how do you maintain that change once you've gotten started? Well, that's a great question. I would say you want to be very clear on what your specific goals are. That's first and foremost. You want it, Your goal has to be very specific as far as what you're striving towards. And then next, you need to be asking yourself, why do you want the goal? And when you start to dig into why you want the goal, the, the emotion starts to get into it. Like, for example, if you're starting a business because you want the freedom to be able to come and go. And as you, so freedom is something that's really driving you. So, and as you focus on the, the specifics of the goal and why you want that goal, you'll find yourself sticking closer to your plan. And, and then the last thing you need to do is not be a perfectionist because most change and most goals fail because we, let's say you say you're going to change your diet and then you have a bad day where you you go by the Krispy Kreme and the hot glaze sign is up. <laughs> so you make a mistake and you veer from your diet. But then a lot of times we, we're so hard on ourselves for making a mistake and then we never get back on track. So I think if you take those three steps, be clear on your goal, know why you want it, and, allow, and build failure into your plan and don't be a perfectionist, I think you can maintain that change. Hopefully I answered your question. Yes, you have. Thank you so very much. Thank you. And, Carly, give us your name and where you're calling from. This is Stacy from Maryland. Okay. Thank you, Stacy. Right, I appreciate Stacey. you giving us a call. All right. Our, our, our next caller is, uh, last four numbers is 1963. 1963. Hi, how are you? Yeah. Give us your name Hi, and where you're I'm calling well, from. thank you. My name All is right. Nancy. I'm calling from Arlington, Virginia. Okay. And I have a and, question um, for... Uh, Oh, go right ahead. I'm sorry. I have a question for Mr. Twiggs. And okay. it is, I, a lot of times I feel like I'm all over the place. You know, things pop into my head. I'm jumping over here and I'm jumping over here and doing stuff. How can I slow myself down and, and still um, accomplish the things I want to do in a day? Um, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm all I'm overwhelmed and I end up not getting anything done. So, can you shed some light on how I can um, narrow these things down that I do procrastinate over, and how I can get those things done in a day and maybe move on to something else? I, I'm just overwhelmed sometimes. Yeah, I, I would say again, first and foremost, is really to be clear on what your goals are. So, so what is it that you want? What, 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 is, what, what is it that you're trying to accomplish? You know, really make sure you, you have that clarity when it comes to purpose and, and what it is you're trying to accomplish. And then from there, so, so once you're really clear on purpose, the next key is really saying no. That, that, that is so important that I devoted an entire chapter of the book to just say no. Because if what happens is a lot of times we're not clear on, like, our purpose, and so we, everything that comes along seems like a good idea. But when you know what your purpose is and you know what you're working towards, it's easier to say no to those things that don't line up with where you're trying to go. Because what a lot of people, I find a lot of people are all over the place because they've said yes and they've committed themselves to things that really don't line up to the things they're passionate about. Now, do you write things down? Do you yes, yes. A, so a, a checklist, or how 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 do you manage question. your time? <laughs> Here's what I do. So I have a three by five card, and I do what I refer to as the Twigs Top Five. And now, again, to make this work, it helps to be clear on your ultimately what you're trying to accomplish. So every day, I I write down a to do list, 
but I have stars by the top five things that I need to accomplish for that day, for that day to be successful. So I don't care what happens. Those five key things are my priorities. So it's not so much that we have too much to do. It's really not knowing what to do next. That's usually the problem for most people. So by having the list, I'm clear on what to do next. And so I, I check off things, and I get this, I get this rush, this dopamine rush right. <laughs> when I'm checking my list off. <laughs> I, I even find, Nancy, that I'll, add, I'll do something, I'll add it to the list just so I can check it off. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, I, I do work off of a list, and I think that does help to keep me focused because here's, here's where it really helps because sometimes I feel like I would feel like, oh, you know, there's something I should be doing, there's somebody I should be calling, there, there's something I could be writing. But now that I'm in this habit of having a list, I'm less stressed because I know that the things I'm doing are on purpose. That makes sense. Hopefully thank I answered you. your question. Entirely. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you, Nancy. Appreciate it. Okay. I I just went ahead and took a couple more calls, but before we go back to the callers, I just wanted to um I had a couple of questions for Harreen as well because I think an important thing that um people really need to um be looking at as far as um getting out of debt and we talk about the things that happen, you know, when you're in college and the traps you can fall into. But we, we really should be addressing also those student loans. And how should someone really structure, um, you know, uh, a plan to be able to start paying on those and get those um, knocked down as well? Um, what did you do to address your student loans? Because you started out at a time where you were in a great deal of debt. Oh, uh, luckily, I only had one student loan that was uh, for $5,000. So I I can't really personally speak to student loans um, because I only had one. Um, But what I can say is that to pay off student loans, um, there there are two types of, um, well, at least federal student loans, um, subsidized and unsubsidized. And so with with, – uh, subsidized loans, you um, are able to um, get the get the uh, interest paid by uh, the Department of Education um, while you're in school, um, and so uh, and then once you graduate, you have to start making payments, um, and then um, subsidized loans, the interest starts accruing as soon as you the first day of college. Um, so those are more difficult to pay back because the interest starts accruing right away. But no matter what type of loan you have, private or federal, um, as soon as you graduate, you need to uh, start paying on the interest um, because the interest is accrued daily and uh, the balance um, will change because of the interest accruing daily. If you are unable to make payments, you can call the company, um, either the private company, private loan company, or the federal government, and set up a payment plan, um, and then start making payments. Um, what I definitely encourage everyone to do is to make sure that you stay in constant communication with the company, student loan servicer, and to uh, make sure you make your payments. Um, because if you do not make your payments, your um, paycheck can be garnished or your tax refund can be garnished. Um, mm. If you go for a long period of time without making payments. Um, but the main and how does your is student to, loan impact your credit? It definitely impacts your credit, and it also impacts your ability to uh, get approved for a mortgage loan. Um, wow. Some people have fifty, a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars $200,000 in student loan debt. Um, so it's really important that you uh, get a handle on your student loan debt because it definitely lowers your credit score and impacts your ability to get approved for other things such as as a mortgage loan, other loans, and uh, credit cards. Okay, great. 
Now, uh, we've got another call on the line. We have James. Um, and, James, when you come on the line, just go ahead and um, tell us where you're calling from as well. Uh, I'm calling from Maryland. Okay, uh, my James. My question and, uh, is for Mr. Mr. Twiggs. Uh, Mr. Twiggs, I am a type A, and I work under a, a tremendous pressure. Um, how can I schedule or, or, or make an, an effort to stop procrastinating? Because a lot of times, I mean, being under pressure is due to my own handling of things at the last minute. So great question because I'm a type A as well. <laughs> so I, can, I feel your pain, James. I feel your pain. Now, you want to make sure that you are delegating because I know one of the common challenges with type A personalities is we feel like nobody can do it like us. And so we, we say, okay, you know what? If I need this done, I'm going to have to do it. But over time, you'll burn yourselves out. You burn yourself out. So the key is to really make sure you've got a system for delegating and following up and you're not trying to do everything yourself. And the other thing is we tend to have a high level of emotional intensity, type A personalities. So sometimes we just you have to step away and unplug. I know it's hard, but you have to actually step away, unplug, and then if it's a weekend, if it's taking vacations, but that rest is very important to help you from keep you from feeling that that feeling of burnout. Because when you start to feel that burnout, you're going to be more likely to procrastinate. The other thing I would suggest to you as well is to consider your high energy times and try to schedule your high priority activities to those to those times when you have the most energy. Does that help, James? Uh, yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. All right, James, thank you for calling in. You know, you make a really good point, and that's one of the things I do as well. I, I know that um, there are certain hours of the morning I'm very good for either getting a lot of tasks done that are maybe require a lot of organization, and also um, my creative time is very early in the morning between 4 and 9. So I take advantage of those times to, you know, write my notes about ideas and to make sure that I'm plugging into some of the things that are the the creative aspects of my life that I don't really get an opportunity to focus on in the evening or they just don't come to me at that time. Right. And, and it's all about awareness. And, and when you know yourself to that degree, that really can help. All right. And um, next we ha- we have Neville. Um, Neville, um, you're on the line. Tell us where you're calling from. Uh, yeah, I'm calling from Lorden, Virginia. Okay, and Neville, um, what's your question for Eric or Arian? Uh, yeah, it was for Eric. So earlier, Eric, you mentioned coming up with a top five list and following through the top five list. Uh, I know there's like is there a way to automate that with your cell phone or is there some app or something you recommend people use potentially? Yes. One one of the things you can use is Evernote. That that's an excellent app for that because you can it's you can always be taking notes. It's your phone, you can always have the things that you need uh handy. Uh, there's there's other apps that you can get as well, but that's one that really stands out to me as it relates to keeping track of your to-dos and having it on your phone. Uh, For me, again, my preference, this is just my preference. So, I mean, I think you have to know yourself. If the the automated app works better for you, then I would do that. Um, But for me, my preference is is doing the writing. There's also something that's called SMS Scheduler. And I love this because you can actually schedule text messages to yourself. So if there's something that you know every Friday morning, for example, you need to do, you can automate a text message to remind you to do it. Oh, great. Hey, hey, thanks. Thanks a lot. Hey, thanks for All your right, question. Then, well, thank you for calling in. Okay, and uh, we've got one more call on the line, and we'll take this one. And um, we have Sheldon. Sheldon, uh, where are you calling from? Hey, Carla from Culpeper, Virginia. Good evening, Mike. 
Uh, good evening. Thanks for calling in. So and my question you... is actually for yeah, my question is actually for Harry and for Eric uh, because you know as we we're now at the new year, people make their New Year's resolutions. I want to get out of debt. I want to stop procrastinating. So my question to both of you is, how important do you think having an accountability partner, whether it's your spouse, a significant other, or a mentor? Uh, is to helping you be successful in, 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 in either, you know, overcoming that procrastination to get started or potentially to say getting out of debt. So I'll throw that out to both of you. Yeah, I'll let Harry in answer first. Okay, um, that, that is an excellent question. Thanks for that question. So I think it is very important to have an accountability partner because with anything you do, you have to be accountable, be it, finances or or time management or trying to persevere through something, um, you need that support system. Um, at the time I was going through my issues, I didn't have a support system. Um, but if I had, I, I think it would have it would have helped me um, you know, go through the situation um and and get through it much easier. But um, you know, uh, the the thing that you need to do is just reach out to people who are close to you, ask them you know, if they've ever gone through the issues that you're experiencing, if they have, ask them how they've overcome it, and then ask them, you know, to help you to, um, you know, provide some support and encouragement, you know. And you can set up your own system or you can um, look on- online for resources on how to set up an accountability system. You can do it through text message, email, you know, schedule a phone call once a week, um, meet for coffee once a week, however you want to do it. But you definitely um, want to uh, have someone there to support you and help you uh, with whatever issues you're dealing with. Yeah, and I agree with Harriet. I think the having the right accountability partner is critical to your success. And I'm I'm a big fan of public consequences. <laughs> but it, there's certain goals I specifically tell people because I know they're going to ask me, hey, Eric, how are you coming with that? And that's going to keep me on track and keep me accountable. Like when I – last year I ran the first marathon I've ever run in my life. And I purposely told certain people because I knew they would be asking me, hey, Eric, how's your training coming? Hey, Eric. And that would keep me motivated. So I think that that accountability piece is huge and someone that's going to keep you on track and even – provide you with additional ideas and insight. So I know I think that's critical to stay in track because most of the New Year's resolutions fail because we lose focus on what we made the resolution for. So I think that partner helps with that. Excellent. Thank and, you both. All right. Awesome. And, and let's talk a little bit about um, New Year's resolutions and um what really should be the focus? How, how how would we structure a goal that is something that we feel that we want to um, change um, and make this a permanent change for the better for our lives for a new year? What are some of the key things we should be looking at? Well, I mean, I would say, I mean, it, the key thing has got to be something that is very specific, you know, like uh, – <laughs> I have a I have a fraternity brother who he does mixed martial arts and judo and he set a goal to uh, make it to the Olympics. We tell oh. the story. The following year, he made the Olympics. The only issue was that he actually purchased a ticket. He wasn't competing, so his goal <laughs> okay. Okay. his goal wasn't specific. And he even says <laughs> it, that you know, looking back, he would have said, "I want to compete in the Olympics and win a gold medal." Now, the following year, he actually did compete in the Olympics, but that's an example of how your goal really needs mm. to be clear and specific. I think that's the, really the first key. And I'm, I'm a huge fan of short time windows because yes. I think the shorter the window, like within 90 days, kind of breaking mm-hmm. it down, you're more mm-hmm. likely to do it because the goal is more visible to you. Wow. Yeah. And – um I'm a back against the wall kind of guy myself. I work well under pressure and uh, I sometimes create that for myself as well to get me motivated, but you know, that doesn't always work out, but <laughs> yeah, I definitely understand the, uh, the principle behind that. 
And um, believe it or not, guys, we are almost already at the end of the show. And I just wanted to make sure that I um, am, you know, giving all of your social media information. And um, Harry, and we'll start with you. And let's talk about um, where everyone can find your book. And um, you said you were um, doing a new website. If there's going to be a new web address or anything like that, I wanted to put that out there as well. Yes, thank you. Um, the new website is harrianfreeman.com, H-A-R-R-I-N-E-F-R-E-E-M-A-N.com, and it should be ready uh, this week, so you can check oh. on Monday. And uh, just to give a few days to make sure everything is working. Um, Great. And what can people on hope Twitter? to find on that website as well? I just wanted to go ahead and let them know what they will be looking at and um, some of the information that they can um, derive from your website. Sure. So it's going to list all of my uh, digital products. It's going to provide um, updates about the events I'm doing this year, and it's going to uh, just give more insight on um, my expertise in the financial industry, how to reach me. Um, It'll have uh, my blog. They'll be able to access my blog. So it will have a wealth of information for people how to sign up for my newsletter and other free resources. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I think is really great about you, Harry, and is everything with you is so matter of fact, you know, <laughs> there's no pitch that goes along with it. It's just information, you know, <laughs> and, it's, and it's easy to use information that is very specific and to the point. And I, I really like that. And I appreciate that. I'm one of those people that um, uh, I have a high resistance to sales. So, <laughs> If you're like me, you'll definitely be able to find your way um, into um, Harine's information and, and dig deep. And uh, what about yeah. you, Eric? So my website is uh, ericmtwigs.com, and that's where you could actually pick up a copy of The Discipline of Now, ericmtwigs.com forward slash The Discipline of Now. Um, you can pick up a, a copy. You get a signed copy by accessing uh, the website there. Um, I also did point out that we, I, I would like the listeners to mark the calendar for that second Saturday. Eric, we, we, we've lost you. I don't know what's going on. Can you hear me? Hello? Can you hear him? Oh, yeah. yeah, there you go. Why don't okay. you start that sentence again? We lost you for a couple seconds. Oh, okay. So hopefully you got the part, ericmtwigs.com is my website. Okay. And that's where you can pick up a copy of The Discipline of Now. Uh, the next thing I wanted to say is that the second Saturday of February, where we'll be doing an Overcoming Procrastination Seminar at the Mount Zion Baptist Church in Arlington, Virginia. So mark your calendars for that. There'll be more details to come. But looking forward to really helping with this, uh, with perform the right habits to make this 2018 our best year ever. Mm, absolutely. Wow, that's awesome. And um, both of you guys' books are available. Are they um, both on Amazon? Yes, my, my book is on Amazon.com as well. Yes. Okay. And yes, my Harian? book is on uh, Amazon. It's on Amazon. It's on uh, Barnes & Noble, Nook, Kindle. It's on um, iTunes as well. It's on um, eBook It and Kobo. Okay, very good. Yeah, yeah. And um, because some people probably will need this right away. Uh, (laughs) Those of you who are really looking to make a change may want to go the um, the ebook version of that. And um, I I really want to uh, thank you guys for coming on board. Uh, We've got some time and I just want to make sure that uh, we have an opportunity um, to, you know, really fill in all the gaps here. But um you have your event coming up, and I really would hope to be able to um, get you guys both on again and um, really sort of touch base with um, our, our listeners uh, and, you know, and find out because a lot of people will hear this on the, you know, the blog version of it, the on-demand version, and they won't have an opportunity to actually ask the questions. And some of those who have asked questions probably thought of others after they had gotten off um, the line with you guys. And uh, I think this is a great forum for people in the new year to really address some of the things that they ought to be looking at um, 
in their personal lives to be able to become better, be better, and have a, a better life. And Eric, um, you said you have your event coming up at Mount Zion. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit more about that as well? Um, I know um, Dr. Ken is going to be involved in that as well. Yes, so it's going to be myself and Dr. Ken Ballard at the Mount Zion Baptist Church, 3500 South 19th Street, Arlington, Virginia, where Dr. Leonard Smith is the pastor. Uh, we're going to we're doing an event for the congregation about overcoming procrastination in 2018. And I'll be discussing principles from the discipline of now, and we're going to talk about how to specifically apply that. So everyone that's in the audience will leave with specific tools and strategies to overcome procrastination. All right, awesome. And, Harry, um, you have an event coming up, and um, what will that be? Oh, no, actually, I don't have any events coming up. Oh, you said on your website you'll be listing your events that will be coming up. I thought maybe you had something. I just didn't want to leave that out as well. No, I, 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 the events are a long ways from now, so I don't have any recent anything recent coming up. And just tell us basically how do you set it up? Is it like a, is it a seminar or is it a um, how do you because you've done quite a few in the past? How do you generally set these up? So, so generally, I do seminars, I do um, workshops at corporations, um, I do seminars at civic and social organizations, I speak at conferences, I speak at schools, I speak to the youth. Um, and so this year, I'm going to move into digital products where I'll be doing uh, more tele seminars and webinars as well. So uh, that information will be on my website as well. Oh, okay, then this is pretty interesting because, um, you know, your focus is debt and credit and all of that. So what what do you talk to the kids about? I talk to the kids about, uh, I focus more on money um, with the younger kids um, because many, many of them don't really understand the concept of money. So I talk to them about money. The um, high school students, I talk to them about budgeting their money, how to pay for college, and I talk to them about credit and debt, and as well as investing. Oh, man, that's awesome. And that that's great for young people um, because, uh, you know, I remember when I was a kid in high school and we learned how to, to write checks and about budgets and things like that. And, you know, back then, I don't even know how kids are raised nowadays. Everyone had an allowance. So, you know, that was your introduction into money and what you could buy and what you couldn't and how long it would take based on your allowance to get the things that you thought that you really wanted. And um, I I don't know if that's still something that goes on in in schools or not, but I think it's very important, just like you said, to introduce young people into money and help them to understand um, because most of them understand it based on what they want as opposed to how it actually works and, you know, understanding exactly what your money can do with compound interest and things like that, saving and investing and all of that. Um, I just don't know where that has gone, but um, that was something, a part of my childhood that really helped me to be able to understand the value of money. And um, uh, I'm I'm just hoping there's something like that out there besides what you're teaching, but I can see that it's very, very important for young people to know that. Yes, um, um, from just from my experience, um, most uh, most schools um, don't have that, um, and the schools that do, it's just um, maybe a few lessons, or maybe just one lesson, or maybe just one um, class, which they uh, categorize it under economics, which is sort of talking about money on the macro level, not really the micro level. Um, so it's, mm-hmm. it's still definitely a big need uh, in the school. So um, that's why people like myself are definitely needed. Yeah, well, I, I want to really thank you guys for coming on board. I thank you for the work that you do. And, um, you know, I think that there's a, a huge blessing out there for people who focus on people and how people can make their lives better. And um, it's a real special place to be where you can actually look at the um, the efforts of your work and know that you've helped someone to change their lives and to be able to resolve an issue that is, you know, something that for most people um, 
just like the young lady said, um, you know, when you're unorganized, it, it can really take a toll on your life. And, you know, clarity, um, having focus enough to be able to get rid of the demons of debt, all of those things are just major. And um, I really appreciate the work that you guys both do. Thank you. I mean, yeah. I certainly appreciate what you do, Michael, and I think your show is very inspiring and uplifting, providing the content you provide. Oh, yes, well, it I is. couldn't do it without people like you. <laughs> <laughs> do, well, do you have uh, time for me to just give a quick story? Uh, oh, yeah. what we were talking about. Uh, sure, so I just absolutely. wanted to give a quick story about um, uh, how, how uh, finances can change your life. So I had a client some years ago. She had been a renter for 20 years. She, everyone in her family were renters. No one owned anything. And so she reached out to me. She thought about buying a home, but everyone kept telling her it's not possible. She can't do it. And so I looked at her. I did an assessment of her finances. I was able to help her increase her credit score. She went on to purchase a home. And then her daughter was so inspired um, that she also became a client. And so I helped her daughter become uh, improve her credit so that she could also get approved for a home. So that that changed the dynamic in their entire family because now you have two people who are homeowners, one who who had been renting for 20 years. And so mm-hmm. that will change the direction and the momentum um, and the dynamics of their family for future generations. Right. And home ownership is the legacy of your family. It is how you will transfer wealth. And if you ever want to establish yourself, um, you know, Owning real estate is is one of the best ways to be able to um, leave a legacy for your children or for your family. And it is the way the families have come up and gotten themselves out of um, renting. Just like you said, when you rent, you don't own anything. And it, it's a waste of money because your money cannot work for you while you're renting. And yes, uh, I that's try absolutely to tell right. Quite a bit, and um, it's it's hard to understand how valuable it is until you are actually a homeowner and you understand that um, a line of credit on your home is like having your own bank. You know, <laughs> it, it's just an amazing thing. So, um, you know, I don't know, but anyway. I just want to thank you for that story and thank you guys for what you do. We have really come to the end of our show and I I do want to have you guys back on and I want to develop another form similarly uh, to this one that we can just, you know, talk with people live again and and find out exactly what they are, um, you know, what questions they may have and what problems that you guys might be able to help them out with. Sure. That sounds awesome. Absolutely. I look Okay, very good. So we'll have to do this again real soon, and I will let you guys know as soon as I put it together. And I'm thinking um, somewhere around June or July ought to be a great time to do this. That sounds great. All right. Well, thank you very much again. And uh, we've got to take a minute real quick to close the show. But, um, you know, it's been a great one, and I uh, hope to, uh, that many of you have been blessed by this and have found information that you can use and will continue to um, be able to look forward to this new year with knowing that, you know, whatever it is that you have planned for your life and whatever it is you think is your destiny, there is a way to get there. I'm Michael Fordham, and you have been listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. Before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become actions. And watch your actions. They become habits. And watch your habits. They become your character. And watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you.